Pedro Zuniga was 52 and married with five children. He worked at a Safeway distribution center near San Francisco for 22 years, sorting fruit and vegetables for the grocery store chain. Then, earlier this year, the nature of Pedro's job changed. The pandemic was spreading across America, and Pedro became an essential worker. Suddenly, he was on the front lines of a crisis. Here's our colleague Janet Adamy. At the time, there was great demand for, you know, the food supply to be maintained. People were stocking up. Grocery store shelves were bare. In those chaotic first weeks, when customers were stockpiling food, there was a lot of pressure to keep showing up at work. But Pedro was also worried about getting exposed to the virus. In March, he and other workers started to complain that workers at the distribution center were showing symptoms of the virus, and they were still coming in sick. And according to an attorney for the family, those worker complaints were not taken seriously. Within a couple of weeks, Pedro developed symptoms. He went to a local hospital, and eight days later, he died of COVID-19. Now, his widow is suing Safeway. She says Safeway should be held responsible for her husband's death. And she's not alone. Around the country, dozens of essential workers and their families are filing lawsuits against employers. They say that employers didn't do enough to protect them from getting the virus. And in some cases, that it led to a wrongful death. Right now, there's about 70 of these cases, but that number could grow. And this threat of litigation has sparked a political fight over who's responsible when someone gets COVID-19 on the job. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, August 3rd. Coming up on the show, the liability lawsuits that are emerging right as companies are deciding how and when to reopen. This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities, Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal. Our colleague Janet Adamy has been reporting on lawsuits like the one filed by Pedro Zuniga's family. At first, she saw these cases coming from the families of people who had been working in nursing homes. But once I started looking, I realized that there were a number of workers across the country who had died, and their families were filing lawsuits on their behalf. A number of them are against uh, grocers and retailers, Safeway, Walmart, Tyson Foods has been sued for the conditions at its plants, particularly in Iowa. These families, along with workers who got sick and survived, say they caught the virus on the job, and their employers should be held liable. One argument they're making is that workers weren't adequately protected, like Pedro, who worked at the Safeway Distribution Center in California. On March 20th, Safeway and the parent company Albertsons posted a sign inside the distribution center 
telling people that wearing a mask would not keep them safe. It said, if you are healthy, a mask will not protect you from the respiratory drops an infected person coughs out. Open areas of the mask can let those drops in. Now, most of us remember at the time there was shifting guidance on whether wearing a mask could keep you safe. There was some concern that if everyone in America rushed out to get a medical mask, that would take masks away from medical workers. And even the state and federal guidance at the time was a bit unclear about this. And in the state of California, it was actually in conflict. In March, the state guidance in California said that essential workers did not need to wear masks. But federal guidelines from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, said essential workers should be given personal protective equipment. Safeway cites these conflicting directives in its defense. OSHA also recommended that sick workers be isolated. And Pedro's family says Safeway wasn't making sure that happened. According to the attorney for Pedro's family, workers were concerned. And specifically what workers were concerned about was that they felt that it was clear that people were coming in when they were sick. And they were coming in when they were sick because there was pressure to continue to supply the stores. Workers were told that if they didn't continue to come into work, they would accrue what are called points that would essentially count against them. Safeway says that California health and safety officials inspected the site in April and found no COVID-19 procedure violations. But that pressure to keep working is at the center of a few of these lawsuits. Many families are arguing that despite the lack of personal protective equipment, workers felt like they needed to come in. It's pretty clear from the stories that we're hearing from the employees and the information in these lawsuits that employers and workers didn't take it seriously enough. Prior to this virus, the culture in America was such that, you know, it really wasn't a big deal to show up sick to work. If you had a little cough or you felt a little off, um, the idea that you, you know, called in sick for something like that, you know, most people didn't do that, especially when you were going to lose a paycheck over that. And I think this period of time during which health officials were saying, you know, if you have those symptoms, you have to stay home. But it wasn't clear how quickly this was spreading and it wasn't clear how deadly the pandemic was. And so people did. They just came in. This was especially true at the start of the pandemic, when many states were under lockdown. People were hardly leaving their homes, except essential workers who had to go to work. And the lawsuits point to that fact. Because of the lockdowns, they say it's clear where they caught the virus, on the job. So if you had people who got sick, particularly in March or even in early April, in parts of the country where there wasn't wide community spread, I think it's going to be much easier for the families of these workers to make a case that it was pretty clear that they got it at work. Companies, though, disagree. On the other side of this are the employers who say COVID-19 is spreading very rapidly across the country, and there's no way to know how a person might have gotten exposed. Walmart really made this point that it's impossible to know where someone got sick, and that while they have great sympathy for these families and very much valued these workers, they do not feel like they should have to pay out these claims. Even if workers did get infected on the job, employers say they did the best they could at the time. What they're saying is that it was a very fast-moving pandemic, that the event was unprecedented. And to the extent that they may have not followed every guideline perfectly, that that wasn't their fault. Because in some instances, the guidelines were unclear or vague, or you had 
state-level guidelines in conflict with federal guidelines. So I think the point is more that they say they did the best that they could. Employers also say that lawsuits aren't the right forum for this. They're pushing families to use a system called workers' compensation, which is specifically set up for dealing with on-the-job injuries. But the families filing lawsuits say that they don't want workers' compensation. The payouts tend to be smaller. And dying of COVID or getting seriously ill isn't just another workplace injury. And as these lawsuits slowly make their way through the court system, Janet says these unresolved legal fights are already having another effect. They're making companies worry about reopening. This is a cloud that hangs over companies, particularly as employers start to reopen or they're considering bringing back workers. It's just a, it's a cloud under which these businesses are going to have to start operating. I think there's, you know, there's genuine concern about the safety of the employees. um, But there's also concern about if I don't do everything right, if the shields aren't up on the desks, if people aren't staying six feet apart, if people aren't sanitizing appropriately, if I make one misstep, then the employees or their families could come after me. And there's one group of people especially worried about anything that could slow down reopening. Republican lawmakers. How they're planning to tackle this issue? That's coming up. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. These lawsuits playing out in the courts are also sparking a conversation on Capitol Hill. As early as April, the Trump administration said companies needed protection from these kinds of COVID-related lawsuits. Here's economics advisor Larry Kudlow on CNBC at the time. you got to give the businesses some confidence here. And I think uh, liability reforms and safeguards are going to be a very important part of this. this Republican lawmakers in the Senate have come up with a proposal that would provide those protections— It's one of the provisions in a massive stimulus bill that's under negotiation right now. Among other things, that bill includes a lot of liability protections that would make it much more difficult for an employee to sue their employer. So, for instance, it puts a cap on certain damages, and it also raises the pleading standard. So it just makes it harder to plead your case. You have to hit a higher standard to plead a case Mitch McConnell has said that this is a red line, that if this next piece of legislation doesn't include liability provisions, that that to him, that's just a line in the sand that he's drawing. 
What are Republicans saying about why this provision in this bill is is necessary? They're saying that in order to reopen the economy fully, that employers need to have this protection. And that includes protection from, you know, a customer coming in and saying they got COVID-19. They're saying, look, if employers are going to have to operate under the threat that anybody who passed through their workplace, whether that's a customer or a worker, gets COVID-19, that they're going to point the finger at the employer, our economy can never reopen up. Of course, for this bill to become law, it'll also have to pass the House of Representatives, where Democrats have the majority. And they don't support these added protections for companies. The Democrats in the House, Nancy Pelosi has said that she opposes this legislation, specifically that she opposes this provision in the legislation. What's the counter-argument, though? If they, on the one hand, it's you got to get rid of these lawsuits so that businesses can open and not be worried about getting sued. What the consumer groups are saying is that if you don't have this threat hanging there, if you don't make the employer nervous that someone, that there's, you know, that an employee can take action, then what incentive does the employer have to keep the workplace safe? So I think among consumer groups and groups that represent workers, there is a concern that it could result in employers being lax. At the same time, I think the employers are saying, look, we don't want people to get sick. You know, it's really not in our interest for anyone to get sick. And we have our own incentive to do this. It's not clear whether the liability clause will remain as part of the stimulus bill. Lawmakers in Congress are deadlocked. And over the weekend, the White House signaled that it might be willing to drop it in order to move the bill forward. Until then, businesses are in limbo. I think it's one reason you're seeing that companies are waiting to bring people back. Google, of course, made that announcement about being out for almost another year. One of the main groups I talked to was the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and they're telling me that employers don't want to reopen because they're worried that they're going to get sued when people come in. I think this is another thing that will prompt companies to be much more careful and much slower about reopening their offices. Mm -hmm. And what about businesses that don't have the luxury of doing remote work? You're seeing the regulations get even tighter. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, Walmart announced that they were going to start requiring masks inside the stores. I think there was a lot of focus on employee behavior at first, and now that focus is shifting to customer behavior. So you're seeing more of the temperature checks, and you're seeing more of the mask requirements, which really weren't there in May and June when places were starting to reopen back up. If there isn't a liability bill, do you think we'll see more of these lawsuits? I think we will see more of these types of lawsuits because in addition to families wanting to seek some kind of monetary compensation, I think a lot of the families I talked to, they felt like they wanted justice, that they felt like it was clear to them that their employer had some responsibility in the death of their loved one. And so regardless of whether they felt like they had a claim that was viable, there was a lot of motivation on the part of the families to feel like, you know, that they kind of owed this to their loved ones. And so for that reason, I think we will continue to see these lawsuits. That's all for today, Monday, August 3rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.